find where I fit in, believe me Life ain't no game and nothing good comes freely I done learned the hard way, burns and you turns up I done seen the hard days, learn from my mistakes What mama told me, just hit the pause play We don't rewind, gotta let God set the pace, set the race Call the shots It's hard knowing that you hot when you stuck up on the block Come on. Knowing you can cook but can't afford the pot Told me that he loved me, never got a rock When I found Nas, found Biggie, found Pop Around the same time when my father got locked And then he moved away and left my mom with a knot A knot in a heart that hasn't yes. yet left yes. And it's a safe bet, she okay. lost all her respect I still love you, Dad Taking all that you've given me And I'm still standing D, it's D. Sparky, what are you doing just taking my introduction? This is I, not how we start the show. I, I, you can't just come in here I was trying stuff. to I was trying to change it up because you know it's it's Sharem Live Week and uh, you know the, uh -huh. it's it's the conference week. Uh -huh. Everyone's in New Orleans yes, and yes. we're supposed to be in New Orleans and I'm a bit tight right now yes, because you are. made me stay in New Jersey, but that's okay. <laughs> Things you happen, and we can do the virtual thing again this year. <laughs> but I'm, I'm a little bit, I was a little bit tight, so I just figured I would just Bro, like, take your introduction. You, I'm sorry. You totally could have went to New Orleans without nah. me. I went. I mean, I didn't go. I stayed behind because of personal reasons. But you were more than welcome to go. You didn't okay. have to stay okay. because I decided so, not to so, go. So I go, and then I'm hit with the bill. I'm not oh. paying for that. Oh, it's Carlton and all that kind of. Oh. Sh no way. No oh. way. Oh, 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 so basically, you were you were going. Off the strength of wanting to go, but also because you didn't have to pay, so therefore I'm being used now. So <laughs> I, right. I see the dynamic uh, of this relationship. You know, what, anyway, totally since we're all scattered across the board, let's just go right in and give a big shout out to our partners. Whoop big whoop. shout out to Garden State Council Sharon and HRMA of Princeton, as well as Soul Hire. We appreciate your support Definitely here do. at we the Corporate you. Climb Show. And, ladies and gentlemen, if you like what you hear, you can follow us on Twitter at The Corp Climb. You can find us on LinkedIn. Just search in the search bar, The Corporate Climb Show. You can also check out our website at www.thecorporateclimbshow.com where you can click tune in and you can have a total collection of all of our shows from yep. this season and last season. So there you have it. There you have it. We also have an Instagram, but I am really, really bad, admittedly, at keeping it up. It's like one of my downfalls is social media. I am just like not the millennial for it. I, I don't have the social media sauce, if you will. So with that being said, if there is like somebody out there in the world that would love to help me with my social media with this show, please send me an email. We can work something out. The corporate climb at gmail.com just email me the corporate climb at gmail.com send me some of your you know 
marketing, PR, background, you know, whatever it is that you do, your your resume, your portfolio or something, because I need help. It's just not my thing. Like, I love LinkedIn. I'm a big LinkedIn junkie. But like, outside of LinkedIn, I don't want to be on Twitter and Instagram all day. I just like, I don't know. It's just not, it's not my thing. I didn't get that, that millennial sauce. So if there's somebody out in the world that wants to help me out and help the show out, help me and Sparky out, just get our social media going. Please feel free to send us an email at thecorporateclimb at gmail.com. We can work something out. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. Send us an email. Send us what you got, and we'll get back to you. If it's something that we can work out, then more, more power to the show. You know, the, the wider the network, the, the better the journey. Uh, so absolutely, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, last week, D, we detoured off of track a little bit mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. we wanted to dedicate the show to your friend, um, you yeah. know, and, and, and our hearts are still going out to your friend during this very difficult time for his family and yours. Thank you. Um, you know, so all, all prayers go out to him during Appreciate this time. I just want to ask, you know, What's up? how you're doing, how's your mental health going, because it's always good to check in, <laughs> so how are you? No, first and foremost, thank you so much, Brocky, for just um, extending that, that thought out to the friends and family. I appreciate you. We appreciate you. Um, and thank you for checking in on my mental health. You know, uh, my mental health is great. Um, it's really interesting. You know, when I was a kid growing up, uh, no one ever said, hey, how's your mental health? You know, it was just like, hey, what's up? How are you? But no one was like really specifically asking how someone's mental well-being was, how their, you know, how their psyche was doing, you know, how they were truly doing inside. Um, and so it's it's really di- it's really cool, actually, to see the the evolution, if you will, of this this mental health, uh, you know, this mental health journey or this mental health chapter this mental health season and I hopefully it's not a season I hope it's a state I hope we continue to stay in this this state of mindfulness in this state of being empathetic towards people as a whole um, because it's, it's very very important not to just you know passively just walk by someone and say hey, how was your weekend and keep it moving? Not even really caring how someone's weekend was, right? Um, It's really important to be mindful that when we are uh, in a moment with someone, we're saying, hey, how's your weekend? Or how are you? Or how is your mental health? That we're really in that moment with that person. And we really mean what we say. And we're really involved in that question. And we're really ready to receive whatever that response is from the person that we're asking that question from instead of just being so passive because it's so automatic. Hey, how are you? How was your weekend? Or hey, how are you? How are things? But you're not really caring to know the response, you know. So I'm appreciating this time um, where I really um, get to get to really see people's mindfulness and, and their empath- empathy, uh, if you will. So Sparky, with that being said, I appreciate it. It also allows us to go into part two of this this series, um, kind of going off of last week's topic where my pastor, Dr. Darius Daniels, was talking about knowing when you're doing too much. Um, so thank you for allowing us to kind of segue right, right into, into this next part of the conversation, which is knowing when you're doing too much and part of the signs of knowing when you're doing too much is when you become a workaholic or otherwise known as workaholism, right? And I Mm. want to talk about that because that is um, something that's 
holds true to me uh, for uh, a time in my career. Um, and it still kind of comes and goes uh, today, um, not maybe not today in this present moment, but, you know, in, in recent moments and in prior years, so we can still call that recent, where I suffered from workaholism. And when mm. I say suffered, I mean it because workaholism is a problem. It's a, it's a big problem. <laughs> it's a suffrage. And we're going to talk about that. <laughs> yes, yes. Workaholism is definitely a suffrage. But before we jump into that, let's jump into some Jersey music. Back to regular schedule. Big shout out to Magic Reed over at the Hits Lab for allowing us to have this record. Christopher Terrell, Mama, I Can't Breathe. Here we go. Perfect man. I hope one day they'd understand the struggles of a black man. But they don't even wanna know. They treat us worse than animals. They think we're all criminals. That's just how the story goes. And every time I turn around and all one black man is dead. Nothing that he did can justify the way to beat him till he bled. Stop resisting at the term they use when they're beating you upside your head With a knee in your neck and on your back, I'm giving out a breath Conversation. The do's and don'ts when getting stopped. Saying unless you're better off. But when you're dealing with a dirty cop, results can be your life loss. Every time I turn around, an unarmed black man is dead. Nothing that he did can justify the way to beat him till he bled. Stop resisting is the term they use when they're beating you beside your head. With a
Whoa, 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 Christopher Terrell, mama, I can't breathe. Shout out to Hits Lab in Bayonne, New Jersey, record produced by super producer Magic Reed. Whoa, whoa, and whoa. Lyrically, the record gives you chills. Wow, wow. We don't even have to get into that. This is not the podcast for those discussions, but... There is a platform for those discussions. I will certainly love to tap into those discussions on another platform, but this show is not meant to get political. So we won't even go there. But wow, Christopher Terrell, Mama, I Can't Breathe. Very, very, very well written, Chris. Keep doing what you do. Magic, continue to produce the records that you do and, and, and way to continue to give back to the community. It's so special. It's so special. Magic Reed is one of those producers that, you know, he's going to um, work with artists that he believes in, um, even if it's even if it's raw. Um, he, he'll he'll if he sees someone who's talented, he'll definitely work with you. Uh, he's definitely not going to do it for free. Uh, but he'll, but he'll work with you. Um, you know, but he's he's been in the industry for many, many years. Uh, you know, plaques on the wall, work with some of the best artists, Joe to see Mariah Carey. He's a, he's a very good friend of mine, a uh, mentor of mine, and it was a, it was a big influence when I was in the industry for me. Um, so shout out to him, but definitely just he, he has an eye for artists. Uh, he has an eye for creativity. He has an eye for ambition and talent and passion. Um, so if you're ever in the Bayonne area and you are recording artists and want to check out some studios, or if you're looking to learn how to make beats, he's got a production school as well. Um, check him out. Hits Lab, Magic Read. You can Google it. If you go to www.youcangoogleme.com, his website will come up. He's a clown like that. But yes. yeah, www you can google me.com his website will come up and and Check shout out. out shout out to magic reed because magic reed helped us build this studio here yeah, where we right. record our podcast out yeah. of so big shout out to him yeah that's that's definitely right magic has always uh, been supportive of me and all my creative ventures um, whether it be recording artists or now being the um, creator and host of the show so uh, you know i definitely appreciate all the support and love he's shown me throughout the many years that we've we've been um in sync if you will so big shout out to him but this show is not about Magic Reed, um, so, as much as I'm sure he would appreciate that. Sorry, Madge. Um, this show is about workaholism, right? Uh, last week we had uh, it gave us kind of a gave everyone an introduction into you know ten signs to know when you're doing too much, um, and that was influenced by my pastor, Dr. Darius Daniels. I go to church every Sunday, and and I'm a member of the Change Church. It's a global church. You can check it out online if you if you can't get to one of the the sites that so we have a church in Orlando, Atlanta, um, West Hampton, New Jersey, and Ewing, New Jersey. And if you can't get to one of the physical sites, you can definitely go online and you can stream it. Um, I'm one of the online members. I stream it typically. So anyway, not advertising for Change Church because this is not the platform for that either. But just letting you know where the inspiration for this topic came up from, Pastor Dr. Darius Daniels. Anyway, last week he was talking about you know, 10 signs to know when you're doing too much. And as I was going through my personal things and as Sparky had mentioned, going through some of the personal the items that I'm, I've been dealing with, I had to check myself before I wrecked myself. And I had to go, you know what, am I doing too much? Am I overextending myself? Am I, am I, you know, whatever it is that I'm doing. And 
you know, coincidentally, Dr. Darius Daniels talked about, you know, 10 signs of are you doing too much and he's going through these 10 things and I'm like no no I'm not I'm not doing too much I don't I'm not falling to any of these categories thank goodness and I knew I I wasn't doing too much because I didn't feel like I was I, I wasn't over exhausted I wasn't stressed you know what I, mean? I wasn't nothing was out of the ordinary and I know me very well at this point but I just wanted to check myself because sometimes you don't know till you know and you're staring at a you know like smacking yourself with a, a, with a ton of bricks right so I just wanted to check myself before I wrecked myself but one of the things that he said that I found very interesting was one of the signs of doing too much is workaholism. And I felt that that was really appropriate to talk about on this podcast, The Corporate Climb Show, because many of us, I know I have, have suffered from this thing called workaholism. And it is exactly what it sounds like. Workaholism is an addiction to work. It is when your identity as an individual is connected to your job, your career. You are defined almost entirely by your occupation. It consumes you more than your own family workaholism. You have no identity without your job. It's not a permanent thing, we hope. Typically, people who suffer from workaholism, it's just a season in their life. It is not a permanent situation, right? It is just a temporary situation Mm -hmm. that one goes through during a season of their life. Mm -hmm. But some people do get stuck in this season for many seasons and many, many years. And when you get stuck in this place of workaholism, when you get stuck and by ism, let's just take this back for a second. If we digress and break this down. Okay. Okay. Workaholism much like alcoholism mm. is an addiction. Ism. Pick the hint the out the origin here. Ism. Yes. Okay, so let, let's break down that origin let, real let, quickly. Of uh, ism. I knew you were gonna take it there, D side. Let me just grab this one real quick. The origin, it's Greek, it's Latin, it's French, right? It goes all the way back to the eighteen hundreds. But from this perspective of alcoholism it's a pathologic condition ism this this origin of ism because there's many origins and there's and there's many forming nouns denoting when it comes to ism but this particular way that we are taking ism comes from a pathological condition like alcoholism pathological condition right so when something becomes a pathological condition, something that we're conditioned to do, something that we can repeatedly do over and over and over again, that we train ourselves to do, it's repetitive over and over and over again, that we then coin as an addiction. We become dependent on it, right? It's become something that we routinely do, like drinking alcohol, right? If you're doing that every single day, that's a repetitiveness, it's a pathological condition. 
you form an addiction. Much like workaholism. We do it every single day. But when it gets to a point that you're doing it not just because you have to, because you have to pay the bills, but then you're going above and beyond the have to, right? You're staying at work later. You are going above and beyond in your assignments. In fact, you're giving yourselves more assignments. You have an assignment for the assignment that had an assignment that should have never had an assignment. You're taking things to the next level without even needing to do it or being asked to do it. Instead of being five steps ahead of everyone, you become 20 steps ahead of everyone, which starts to annoy everyone because no one even asked you to do that. You start to do everyone else's job in the process of it as well. Workaholism. It becomes an addiction. You just keep feeding off of it and you want more and more and more and more to a point where you drive yourself crazy yeah. if you don't have anything to do with regards yeah. to work. Yeah. Workaholism. Sparky, that's right. You drive yourself crazy and you drive everyone else around you crazy. Your colleagues, your peers, your friends, your family. And, and let's face it, everything Sparky that you just mentioned about people who start to go down this rabbit hole of workaholism, going above and beyond at their jobs, and there's nothing wrong with doing it. It's it's when you do it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again to a point where it becomes a nuisance, to a point where it actually makes people roll their eyes because it's, it's, it's when you're doing too much, right? It's not just like, oh, this person's awesome at their job. They're always on time. Their heart, their work never has errors. It's this person's work is always on time. It never has errors. And they've not only done their job, but they've done the job of John, Jake, Brett, Ashley, Christina, you know, Brad, to a point where it's so, it's over and over and over again that the bosses start to question why they even need Brett, Ashley, Christina, John, Brad, because you took it amongst yourself to do everyone's job. And it starts to make people roll their eyes because you're just taking everything on. You're wearing all the weight of the job on your shoulders because you have nothing else to do. So you think you don't have anything else to do. And on top of wearing all the weight of everyone else's role on your shoulders, which you're failing to realize is that weight comes with a lot of burden. Weight is heavy. Weight is stressful. Weight will weigh you down. So you take that stress and it then becomes a suffrage. It then becomes a nuisance to your personal life where it's every time you get on a phone call with a friend or family member or whomever and they ask you, how's your day going or how, how are you or how your mental health is going or how's the job, you then proceed to go down a five to 10 minute, maybe 20 to 30 minutes, sometimes an hour worth of a conversation with basically yourself, just them listening on the other end. And most of the time, because I've been on the receiving end of these phone calls, you put the phone on speaker and you walk away and start doing other things because the individual is just going off about work and you can just hear as they're talking about work, they're stressing themselves out. It's self-inflicted stress when they're talking about the job. And then they start talking about the job and not just their job, but the job of others. 
and how this person isn't doing their job so then they had to do that person's job and they might as well just not even have that person do the job because they just doing it themselves workaholism and as the conversations progress and the days go on and the weeks go on and the months go on when you're on the receiving end of these conversations i've been on both ends i've been the person i've been the person venting and the person receiving the message you start to realize that the the person who's suffering from the workaholism is drowning that their mental health is being impacted that their physical well-being is being impacted everything that that, that that their overall health is just being impacted because workaholism is a condition it's a condition and it's not a good one but it's a condition that we bring on ourselves and it's a domino it has a domino effect of negative things that come with it and we don't even realize it in the moment we realize it when we run into that brick wall and we have to come to a hard stop of reality. We run into it when the doctor tells us that our blood pressure's going, it's too high and that we're nearing a heart attack. We run into it when our marriages fall apart. We run into it when our kids start to pull away from us. We run into it when our bosses pull us in the office and say, you need to take a day off of work because you're doing too much. We run into it when we lose our jobs and the separation conversation catches us way off guard because we were doing so much, we didn't realize everything else that was going on around us. We were so caught up in our own little worlds. You're doing too much. Workaholism. I know there are many people that are listening right now that went, hmm, where it hit that hits you or you know someone that you're just like wow yeah this person I've been on the phone for hours just listening to them complain about work and just you just hear the heightened stress as the conversation goes on I know it trust me I've been on both sides of that call I, I I've ruined relationships because of this call I've had relationships ruined because I've been on the receiving end of this call I trust me I know it's it's bad it's really really bad but if you are someone who is suffering currently from this condition, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Check yourself before you ruin that relationship. Check yourself before you, you know, fail to have a conversation, you know, days go on before you go, oh, I haven't talked to my kids, you know. Check yourself before you you miss birthdays and and baby showers and and anniversaries and and holiday parties and 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 all types of special events because you're so focused on your job that you fail to realize that it's okay to have a personal life. You have to check yourself. It is not healthy to just be totally burdened with work that it becomes the only thing you have in your life that without it, you have no identity, that when people think about you, the only thing they think about is work. Mm. When someone says, you know, your name, the first thing that comes to mind is human resources or whatever it is that you do. That's not healthy. You know, I I really hope that when someone says my name, the first thing that comes to their mind is not human resources. (laughs) You know, I hope that it's probably like the top five things that come to their mind like oh she's an HR director or whatever or you know she's whatever it may be it's something about career or career focus but I hope it's not the first thing that pops into their mind when they think about me that'd be really sad 
That's yeah. really, really sad. I love my job, but it certainly does not ultimately define the core of who I am. It's a part of my makeup, right. sure. Yeah. But at the core of who I am, it is not. And it certainly should not be at the core of who you are. Mm. So if you're finding yourself suffering from workaholism, you're definitely in a situation where you may be doing too much. It's a suffrage. It's a suffrage, I tell you. Workaholism is a suffrage. Wow. That was so good, D. That was so good. Dr. Darius Daniel says, workaholism. Work is an escape. You've attached your identity to it, right? You mm -hmm. use work as an escape. And, and admittedly, you know, I've, I'm guilty. Sometimes I stay here later because I don't want to go home. And I typically <laughs> only do that when I don't want to deal with what's going on at oh. home. Do you find yourself ever doing that? I'm, I mean, can I admit that on air? Like, is, <laughs> yeah. is that too much? No, it's not, it's not too much. And I'm laughing because it's, it's so true, right? Like, I am totally guilty of working late sometimes right and when I don't want to go home and deal with certain things whether that's I maybe I'm in a relationship and I just don't want to go home and and address a situation that I left um, open-ended before I left the house or you know maybe there's a you know a project that I need to do at home that I'm just like you know I, I'm like procrastinating um, but typically I found um, you know I, I did this a lot actually when I was working in New York City I uh, was going through a, a season in my life um, where work was going phenomenal and my personal life uh, was going through some uh, trials and tribulations and I found myself working until, you know, I would get on the bus somewhere about 5.30 a.m., 6 a.m., and then I wouldn't, and that's, that was to go to Manhattan, and I wouldn't get back on the bus to go back home until 9, 10, 11 o'clock some nights. And then, you know, I'd be in Boston for a week once per month and, and, and happy to do it because I did not want to deal with my life outside of my job. So for that year and a half to two years, um, a portion of that time, I had defined myself literally made work my identity because work was going so well and my personal life was just up and down up and down it's not a good thing to do I realized look in hindsight when I look back when I when I look back I, I realize that had I went home and dealt with my issues versus sweeping them under the rug that the outcome may have been different, but we have to go through these things in order to learn from them. That way, as we mature or mature, we don't, we don't make the same mistakes, right? It, this is all about growing, right? I would have never been able to get on this podcast and identify that mistake of my past right? That immaturity, that, that immature moment of my life where I didn't know how to communicate well with my partner. If I didn't go through those things, be able to receive messages from my pastor, connect the dots from where I may have erred in my personal life and go, you know what? 
yeah, I am guilty of those things, but now I know what not to do that way later on and moving forward, I can be a better human being for the next season in my life or the next chapter in my life. So I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason in that particular season of my life where I was ignoring my personal issues and sweeping things under the rug and truly suffering, truly suffering from workaholism. I don't regret it because I've learned in hindsight, like I said, I've learned so much from that moment in those moments, I should say that I know it's made me a better individual today. So I'm very appreciative for appreciative for that workaholism moment for that those seasons or I wouldn't even call it I would say that that state of mind I was stuck in for almost two years Um, I'm appreciative of it because I've learned so much and now where I am today in my career and in my personal life and in that work-life balance I'm able to truly set boundaries and have a self-awareness for being able to catch myself before I wreck myself and wreck my relationships and, 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 you know, and really destroy things in my personal life that I, I, that are really, um, important to me, right. That helped me balance and maintain, um, because without a balanced personal life, you truly cannot have a balanced professional life. You know, what the, 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 they, they both kind of balance each other out and you, you can't, you really cannot have one without the other. I mean, you can, but it, it's just not the same. It's just not as fulfilling. So, I, I open up that, that that story to to you, Sparky, and, and to my to my listeners because, you know, I, you guys are my friends, right? And if I can't be honest with you, then then what, what what's the point, right? So I, I'm an open book, like I say. So at that season in my life, yes, Sparky, I can relate to it. I I stayed at work because I didn't want to go home. But Sparky, if you're doing that now, check yourself before you wreck yourself because that's not healthy. I know, go I home. Know. I'm gonna address. I, I, I am gonna handle go your scandals. I'm gonna go home. Handle your scandals. I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna handle my scandals. Right? I'm gonna handle my scandals. Um, I appreciate you and, and you being open and honest on on the show. Um, it, it's it's so nice when and when people are real. You know, not just you no know, doubt, no doubt. real just because, but real because. Um, you know, it's authentic. Eh? There's, there's, there's nothing worse than being in a conversation with somebody and they're just speaking just to be heard, but there's no <laughs> uniqueness and there's no authenticity behind that no. that voice. It's just someone talking. Um, so I definitely appreciate um, everything that you everything that you just said and that you shared with us. And um, uh, it resonates with me. I hope it resonates with some folks on the on the receiving end of this conversation. With that being said, we are five minutes over the 30-minute marker. Uh, So what we'd like to do is end the show on a very high note. Going to give you a little employee tip. We're going to kind of go back to Dee's old LinkedIn LinkedIn post, if you will. So why don't you let us leave here with a little employee tip, Dee. Take us out of here. A little employee tip, a little advice for the week for my corporate climbers. I'm going to leave you with a few things, right? We've said this before, uh, you know, we've said this several times in the last two weeks, and I'll say it again. Employee tip number one is check yourself before you wreck yourself, and you receive that how you want to receive that. Employee tip number two, all money isn't good money. I'm going to say that again. All money isn't good money. You receive that the way you want to receive that. 
Employee tip number three. And I feel it in my heart that somebody listening really needs to hear this. Some conversations are better left unsaid. Some conversations are better left unsaid. You know, and what I mean by that is, because we just talked about sweeping things under the rug, and I don't mean if you, if you need to get something off your chest and have a conversation to let it go, right? You need to get something off your chest and, and truly have a conversation. At some point in time, that conversation needs to be had. What I mean by that is some conversations are better left unsaid because conversations, ladies and gentlemen, don't always have to be conversations of the voice, conversations with words, all right? When someone says conversations, the first thing most of you think about is picking up the phone, talking to someone, or, you know, having a conversation over lunch or whatever. There's verbal going on there, right? It's back and forth dialect. Conversations, many things can be said without verbal. So. Some conversations are better left unsaid. Unsaid. And I leave you with that. You receive that how you want to receive it. You take that how you want to take it. Those are my three employee tips for you this week. Until next Tuesday, where we air a new episode, we stream a new episode. 7.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on all major podcast platforms. I'm talking Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Deezer. You name it, we're probably on it. And if we're not on it, just feel free to email me. Let me know I'm not on your favorite podcast platform, and I'll do my best to get on it. But until next week, I wish you all a very, very, very happy, healthy, and prosperous week ahead. Stay focused. Stay sharp. Always look good. Sending out all the blessings I can. See ya. Have you ever took a run on a fall night? You ever did so wrong that it feel right? Sexual heal on appeal, what I feel like? When I jump up on the stage and just kill Mike? And I write and I quote, it's just words on a note. But these words give me hope that I'll grow and I'll blow. And I'll get better with time and I'll age like fine wine. I just on the dotted line. Taking all that you've given me And I'm still sad